Hello, everybody. Hello. How y'all doing? <laughs> we are here already. We are discussing our book of the day, looking up the versions available on our sponsor for the podcast, audible.com. Uh, and do you know, listening here to the moral of the story, you can get a free book on audible.com by visiting audibletrial.com slash moral of the story and signing up. And yes. When you do that, it supports the podcast and you get a fantastic audiobook for way less than you. You know, people don't really talk about this, but the thing that made Audible so great is that audiobooks are expensive. Yeah, they, they are. are. They're they really so are. expensive. They're basically the, actually, they're more than the price of the book. Oh, like, like double or yeah, triple. Like, like if you try to buy bucks. Lord of the Rings oh, yeah. on audio, it's $90. Yeah. Yeah. Is you that know? for all three of them? Yeah. Like yeah. you get the whole trilogy. It's but that that's much. A lot. It's like $30 or $40 a yeah. book. And yet in an Audible, it is like the great equalizer because it's only one credit for any book. Right. It's always $15 for yep. a credit. So if you subscribe, it's like $15 a month. You get a free book credit every month. Even if you don't use them, they store up. So sometimes I yep. like, I wade, I wade, or I wax and wane, I guess, with my Audible. And I yeah. you know, <laughs> don't use my credits. And it's like, oh, I've got six credits. And it's like, oh, wow, I can get some books and I get on go on a listening spree. Yeah. Oh, and here's a cool tidbit, guys. If you want to sign up, support the show, um, you actually get to keep that book even if you cancel your account after. Mm-hmm. So the you book, own the book. You own the book, like and it legally, does not go away. Yeah. Even if you cancel your subscription after your thirty days are up. Right. So you can actually just for real go get a free book, and you mm-hmm. will not ever lose it, and you won't be charged for it. So yeah. And you and can it, even just pause your membership because, like, I had to do that recently. Yeah. Because I'm in the middle of two. I don't know, 20 hour, 30 hour. <laughs> like, I need no more credits. Yeah. I need no more credits. Time. Please stop. Yeah. yeah so it, it really is a, a fantastic resource. Mm-hmm. And I have, but I have been able to consume so much more literature that way mm-hmm. because you say literature, like a Billy Graham literature, <laughs> literature, there's literature at the back literature. <laughs> literature. Mm. Um, yep. Yeah. So it's great. Uh, but the book of the day, yes. book of the week, uh, is Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad, mm-hmm. which is one of those books that you have to read if you're like in English studies, which is where I read it uh, in college. Uh, Dive into the colonial mind. Yeah, and we just found yeah. out that there's a, a wonderful narrated version of it by Kenneth Branagh. 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 <laughs> so he's a. If you don't know who he yeah. is, he's great, and he is incredible. He's yeah, most he's a director, actor, famous as Poirot and the Agatha Christie Murder yes. on the Orient Express, yeah. which he directed. He directed the fantastic Cinderella yeah. live-action remake, the only one of the live-action remakes, it should be mentioned, that is even watchable. Yeah, he played, um, <laughs> uh, who is it, Professor Lockhart and Harry Potter? Oh yeah, I forgot who was in that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, many they many had things. to put that, every English actor and actress in existence into Potter. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, they it was all like they had even invent. They, maybe they even invented characters just, just to so do they it. could be in there. <laughs> yeah, all right. I know. The moral of the story: the podcast where a writer, a philosopher, and a filmmaker explore the stories that make us and the morality that makes the story. Well, we hope you are all doing well from Mm -hmm. self-isolation. 
we're getting pretty tired of it. We but, have the mics at least six to six feet apart. Yes, so <laughs> we're still trying to make sure you guys have quality. Uh, we haven't resorted. To we haven't to. resorted to webcast a uh, web conference no, uh, I, podcasting. I we're never still in the room. If I listen to a podcast and I hear that they recorded it over internet, I usually just stop listening because oh, yeah, it's like, too bad. They weren't even together. I'm not. I'm virtually with them, but they weren't even. But really they weren't with even them, together. So, so yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. but today we are talking about the smashing hit. <laughs> That Since was, we're here in the flesh, well, we're well, talking about actually, the you, ultimate flesh, exactly. Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you may have guessed already. I'm you may, sorry, you I may am... feel this. You may feel this already, all of you out there, that we're delaying getting to our film. <laughs> <laughs> you may notice. We this. usually jump right in. <laughs> no, oh. you know the funniest thing about this uh, this film. This film, okay, Brad Pitt did a movie this last year called Ad Astra, and it was. Um, after seeing it, I really thought, okay, this was just Brad Pitt or his manager and him saying, like, I deserve a good space movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Matthew I should got have one. a good space movie. Who else have done it? Um, Matthew McConaughey. Sandra, hey. Sandra got one. Matthew got one. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of felt like that. It just sort of it just sort of began. And yeah. you didn't know why you were supposed to care about his character or not or... Well, it well, just, it felt a lot like James Gray, the director, was inspired by Terrence Malick because there was that like voiceover. Yeah, and the whole movie was this inner I dialogue. Think that was, I think that was Brad Pitt. I oh, think you Pitt, think it was? I think Brad, Brad, I think Pitt was like, man, I loved making that movie, uh, The Tree of Life. You know, and like have this cool, like Jessica got to do all this cool voiceover <laughs> stuff. Like, I think we should write voiceover for this one. <laughs> well, what if we did Tree of Life, is, but in space? <laughs> you know what's sad, though, is that if Tree of Life is gorgeous poetry, it sounds like St. Augustine wrote it, you know. This was, what was this like? It was like the most on-the-nose, obvious psycho babble. Like, I think Pitt literally says, I can't connect. No, I, I know can't. That, okay. Like he says these lines that I think, who wrote that? By the that? way, so, spoiler, we all hated the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We won't, we won't pretend. Well, but, and, and we should probably tell people what the movie is about. Yeah, because right? well, a lot of people did not if, see this. This was not a huge hit. Yeah. But it, and you may be asking, if you don't like it and we shouldn't watch it, why are you going to talk about this movie? We, we, we asked ourselves that question we, we as well. We asked ourselves. This, we yeah. will, we will. We will expand, though, on the themes of this movie, because actually this movie is a good example. It's a rare of- treasure. Rarely <laughs> does one person wrap up and synthesize everything that's wrong <laughs> with the world and their vision of the universe in one succinct hour and a half. <laughs> well, well, and, and here's this what I would- managed to do that. Well, and, and we haven't explained the movie, so very yeah. briefly, for those of you who are un- uninitiated, Ad Astra- is Latin for to the stars. Which and, I have to and, say, the, and the, the title beginning, is so ironic. It started with a quote. Right. Oh yeah. And the quote is uh I forgot about that. Let's see. Hold on, hold on. I was about to look this up before we We uh, by the way, while Alex is finding that, we did actually discuss just not doing this episode because <laughs> we all genuinely didn't really like the movie. But we figured there's actually probably more to learn from things that we didn't like. Or yeah, well, it, it's revealing of the right. way other people. It's when you hear or watch things that agree with you, yeah, or that you agree with. It's you know, it's sort of just self uh, right. self reinforcing. Yeah. yeah, but when you see, you say, "Wow, they've codified 
everything I disagree with. Yeah. And, and ultimately, it, you if know, you just it, continually pick films that, if, or if we continually pick films we like, this is just quickly going to turn into a fanboy podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> we'd much rather be a ruthless critic podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I can't find I can't find the opening quote, but basically they just take this English quote and it has the word "to the stars" in it, and then they just turned it into Latin. And I was sort of like, "Why did you turn that into Latin exactly?" Just yeah. because they thought the words, cool. they just thought it sounded cool or something. Yeah, <laughs> which I guess is a fine Astrid. reason. Yeah, but whatever. Well, know. you know the thing about this movie. Well, and to, we haven't explained the movie. Yeah, still. that's, like, that's yeah. like real quick. Real quick, Brad Pitt is a astronaut in the near future. His father was like the Neil Armstrong of the modern near future space program. He went off to Neptune to discover new planets. No, he was in where, search of alien life. Right, I know, but like aliens living on new planets, right? Yeah. Like they were supposed to like take pictures of new planets to see if aliens were living there. Because apparently you have to go to the edge of the solar system so that your telescopes work better. I don't know. They made that it something. That didn't quite make sense I don't know to if me. this was made up or not, but they talked about like the helios, the heliosphere. No, the heliosphere is real. As far as getting out of the gravity of the sun, they, they had I to get to Neptune. Don't, oh, I didn't even hear but that. I, and, and, and I don't know. I listen so well. it could be, I could just not know. And if there's scientists out there who are <laughs> listening to our podcast, we're very honored you're listening, then you can tell us if this is real or not. No, you're But I don't think a telescope would work better at the edge of the heliosphere. Oh, it would. No, it would. It would. Well, but you're still within yeah. the heliosphere. The heliosphere extends like through Pluto. So being at Neptune, you'd still be inside the bubble that the sun creates. So I, I think I don't get it. Like anyway, do you think that maybe they wrote the whole movie about going to Pluto and then Pluto quit being a planet? Wait, no, so it wasn't they, Pluto. It was, was it no, no, it was Neptune. It was Neptune. It was Neptune. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Even yeah, though it, it actually would have been more. They did it all about Pluto. Yeah, and and they're, like, they're like, uh oh, it's not a planet oh, anymore. We better make change it Neptune. It, change it. Well, <laughs> Neptune is, has a ring around it, so you couldn't have had yeah, the whole like I'm ring. busting through rings with a little like space that was door. So dumb. Oh my. <laughs> it was like no. The whole thing, the whole movie is about. It says essentially, it's about what 2001: A Space Odyssey is about. Which yeah, is but, humanity becoming but, God, but so less. Oh, not less, even not even in the ballpark. <laughs> not even the ballpark of quality of film. But it's essentially about man becoming God. That's like his his deal with the shield at the end is like him as like a Greek god. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay, I can see know, that. Got it. Yeah. It's like powering through the asteroid field with his shield. You yeah, know, it's like the shield of Hercules or something. Which I yeah, think, I don't think Hercules had a shield, but no, pick, pick your Greek hero so. with the yeah, shield. Exactly. It. It was, but the, here's the thing I thought was so funny. It's obviously a Freudian to- story about lost father, uh, you know, deserting or well, a deserting father. Boy grows up in father's shadow and footsteps and has no meaning to his life and has to go solve the problem with father in order to find peace. I mean, that's essentially the story. Um, but the thing that I thought was so strange is that they threw in all of these comments in the script about these sort of religious um, or comments with religious overtones about space. Like one of the early uh, pilots actually said, um, go out into the heavens and blah, blah. Like he referred to space as the heavens. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And a um, lot of the astronauts pray. They, they pray. Like, and there was all this religious. And, they, and yeah. so they, they set up this environment where these people basically worship space as a uh, as the unknown and as the kind of the uh, 
substitute for God, essentially, mm-hmm. um, in finding extraterrestrial life, which ironically, if you want any kind of like decent idea of extraterrestrial life, I mean, you just have to look at like angelic visitors in the Bible, but we don't have to go into that. But, <laughs> Rabbit trail. <laughs> but I mean, that's what like Peter calls them celestial beings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like heavenly beings, which to them meant beings from the stars. Right. Which is what it meant. But not that I believe, I'm not like one of those people that believe in like the uh, the uh, spaceship Jesus. You know? there, <laughs> there's a church, there's a church in Arizona that we passed once. I forget if I met somebody that went there or what. They ha- Their ceiling opens, the roof opens to prepare them for the visitation of a spaceship. Wow. <laughs> to be abducted up and yeah. to be raised. Anyway, it's crazy. But Dang. anyway, but basically that is the, the kind of environment painted yeah. amidst Brad Pitt's doubt. And the moment of clarity comes when he says, no, there is nobody else. We are all we have. We and we the, have to go. I have to go back to earth. And in going back to earth, I'm going to reject God and every metaphysical, like, greater thing than myself, which is what space represents. <laughs> you know what I wanted to, like, when he goes to his flipped around, you know, in the movie, he has to all do all these psychological evaluations. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's like, real dry. Like, I am focused. My yeah. resting heartbeat is 47 BPM. <laughs> I have a clear mind and clear heart. And you know what's funny about I that am, is that I'm detached that would be, from all my surroundings. Anybody who could do that would be would fail a psychological evaluation because a psychological evaluation is things like you can laugh at yourself. But somebody who was talking in a monotone like that, you wouldn't let him near anything. Yeah, he's like a bas- He's like a time bomb psychologically. <laughs> right. But, but then when he goes to like. You know, I'm going to be engaged, aware, aware of all my surroundings, yeah. focusing on what is important to me. And, and it cuts, and that meant he was at a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> and his girlfriend. Me too, Brad Pitt. Me too. And his girlfriend like waves because he's come back, you know, after deserting her for however long. It just, it just, you know. But, but that is essentially where his detachment is presented as being obsessed with work and the other and things that are far away whereas we really need to turn in to ourselves and those who are close to us but the idea that the people writing this film james gray and there's one other writer and and that they think or are portraying that if you are focused on yourself and those around you that that means you are not focused on the transcendent and the divine. Yeah, they kind it's of It's just bizarre them. to me. Yeah. Right. Well, it it plays into this idea of what which kind of began in the 1800s with David Hume and other people which is just everything metaphysical is just an illusion, right? Mm-hmm. It's this Darwinian universe where the only thing that really exists are atoms smashing together in this kind of meaninglessness. To, to the order of the universe, and you can't find meaning out there in the universe. You can only find meaning in yourself, in a self-defined, yeah. subjective thing. And yeah. so there's like two, there's two sides of that coin. You have the Gnostic side of the coin, which is, you know, I don't know, movies like Inception or uh, the whole TV show Lost was about this, where people um, go into this special place that's mm-hmm. basically reflecting their own problems writ large, and then they resolve those problems by re- remembering who they really are, mm-hmm. that they're really God, right? Yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. the Gnostic idea, like, you know, 
I remember my. It's humanity. what Tom Cruise has paid millions of dollars to do, right? I mean, and then so the, people that don't know, like Scientology is Gnosticism turned into a religion, right? But by, like, um, transgenderism. But what's his name? I mean, uh, Oh, Scientology? Yeah, the Scientology founder. Oh, he was the guy who wrote Battlestar. No, no, not Battlestar Galactica. Ron... Even though Battlestar Galactica is exactly a Gnostic yeah, thing, right. too. Uh, Everybody remembers that they're secretly divine. Hubbard? Yeah, L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he- Battlefield it, Earth. That was yeah, the, the well, stuff I think and, he wrote. Um, and the guy that started it, he said, like, I'm going to start a religion. There's a lot of money in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's his quote. And nice. but and so what you do, like in Tom Cruise's word religion, right, you get up and they think that you, um, they have minders that basically, it's sort of this weird like type of confession that they go to. And they go and you go, but instead of it, like if you're Catholic or whatever and you go to confession, you confess your sins to God with talking to the priest there. And the priest on behalf of God absolves you. There's no changing of funds, but in Scientology, you only get to the next level of clarity of understanding your divinity by paying large sums of money. Which really? is why the Hollywood stars like uh, uh, John, uh, not Val Kilmer, who's the other guy, uh, John Travolta. Like that's why John Travolta and these other big, big stars are Scientologists because you have to have a ton of money like a quarter of a million dollars at some levels to move up. Are those uh, tax deductible? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, and um, the thing about it is, is that anyway, it's, so they it's live you, this. But this it's is you really confessing sins against yourself. Oh, I know. Like, yeah, it's, or against it's, your own divinity or some kind right, of idea. Right. But, but what's funny I'm about sorry, it is that I thought the, I didn't look. I good. didn't realize <laughs> I was as amazing as I am. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a, oh, a line from one of their movies. Yeah, let's no. let's say yeah. some liturgy now. But, but I you, am an amazing human being. <laughs> <laughs> repeat after me. <laughs> repeat after, repeat after me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but but on so you have the Gnostic idea of like this forgotten knowledge of your own deity, and then but then you have the Darwinian idea, mm-hmm. right? Which is that there's nothing out there, right? Mm-hmm. That there's no higher being, there's no metaphysical existence you can't find anything in the universe that's going to be greater than you essentially and the things that you put meaning in and that's leads to this ridiculous conclusion in a movie like ad astra where the life that brad pitt is choosing to live is this millennial like me and my girlfriend cohabitating and visiting the coffee shop like that's it that's their vision of the life to live when what did his dad represent? And he's played really well by Tommy Lee Jones, yeah, actually. Uh-huh. And Tommy Lee Jones is just a great actor. Yeah, so the he minute is. he's on the screen, you're kind of drawn in a little bit. But but Tommy Lee Jones, in the movie, he embodies the greatest generation, right? He embodies the generation that went to the moon and fought World War II and believed in God and yeah. all these things. And, and, at, and the whole movie has to be, oh, that greatest generation who believed in God and did incredible things. Actually... They're just psychotic murderers no, because ben, ben, because they that. believed in God because right. they did all these things they were they were psych, psychotic because they believed in those things. Do that's you see, what the film that, is saying. Yeah, that's what the film is saying. That to right. me was what was so amazing about the vision of the film was mm-hmm. the fact it it would be one thing to say oh you betrayed your values like in Interstellar right Matt Damon's character right he betrayed the mission. Right, the values of of what everybody was working for, the mm-hmm. heroism of the other astronauts, but in Ad Astra, Tommy Lee Jones killed everybody and was unleashing hell on Earth because 
he believed in God. And so the, well, here's the, the answer thing, was, the oh thing yeah, that people was, who believe in God will destroy actually, the world. Oh yeah, you know? but it's one step less interesting than that. Yeah, I agree with <laughs> Alex. Because, I completely because agree with when Alex. he got there, he wasn't doing the thing with the energy exactly. to hurt the people on earth. He was said like, yeah, I'm just here trying to fix these darned energy power pulses. surges. <laughs> you know, the power surges are murdering tens of thousands of people on earth and killing all and ruining the whole system. And, and he's sitting there saying, can't fix these dang power surges. You know, it's like, seriously? Well, he's like a car mechanic with a problem that he can't fix and I, it's call it causing... Alex is right because the, the, this movie was just so bad in so many ways because not only not only did you have this absolute void of anything of to care about to care about yeah but it wasn't even in my opinion done in a well in a in a good way because 2001 for Uh instance very similar message right right but 2001 is a masterpiece of cinema yeah 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 this it doesn't even get that high you know it's just like I feel like in some meetings they had to have meetings, uh, have moments where, like, and this sometimes this works. Like Ocean's Eleven, there I can imagine there are just parts of the script where all it says is Brad Pitt and George Clooney walk across the screen. Like <laughs> that's the whole thing. But this, it's just like they said uh, in this part. Brad Pitt stares into distance. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, that and, and the way that they would just <laughs> throw in things. The way that they would yeah. just what throw was up with the space monkeys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. just one moment where they just put in crazy space gorillas for no reason. Like if that whole scene was removed from the film, nothing would be different. That's true. It, it did nothing it would be for the story. Fifteen minutes. Shorter. It killed it, the exactly. one guy, so it that Brad Pitt matter. was in the assistant driver's seat. It, so he, but he why? With his mystic ability to land. A rocket by hand? Yeah. Give me a break! <laughs> it was. It was like, just have you like, ever yeah. read about those tolerances? Yeah. Of like the angles of rockets. Exactly. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it because the because the actual uh, pilot was having a nervous breakdown. Of course. Yes. Why? Be- because they took happy pills and they were weak. And they, <laughs> and, they ma- and they say stoic. prayers before their space voyages. <laughs> well, they don't they, learn to rely like, on themselves. What a, and how Alex. does this work? Okay. <laughs> you have the stoic atheist man who's the hero. And then the other people are religious praying drug users <laughs> who, who, who falsify their me- me- message and want to murder the atheists. Like, who are these people? Because here's the real failure of the story. Yeah. Okay, think of a similar story. Is the Incredible Hulk, like the first one they made. Yeah. Okay. Like the TV show? No, no, no. Like the first oh, the movie. The Ang Lee one. The Ang Lee one movie. The Ang Lee yeah. where the dad becomes, is that the one? The first one? Oh, yeah. Nick where the, Nolte. Where Nick yeah, Nolte's yeah, the yeah, bad yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. And, okay, that's the same story, right? Brilliant scientist father goes insane and becomes a monster. And son, who is a victim of the dad's experiments, becomes a hero monster and they have monster battle. Right? Yeah. That's the same story. Yeah. But this guy is not willing for there to actually be a devil. In the story arc, the father was set up by Spacecom, the evil, you know, I don't know who's good in this story. Yeah. They're the evil governmental, you know, establishment. Trying to control thinks everybody's him. evil and control and all this other yeah. thing. Where, they were a private company though, weren't they? No, he was part of the US military. 
Okay, I, so I like, got the sense so. that Basically, Spacecom was a private, like, and honestly, I kind of shifted halfway it, through. It I kind of was not very clear. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think clear. they set it up like the dad is going to be this arch villain who has harnessed some mystic power at Neptune and is sending these plasma power surges to destroy the Earth. Yeah. And then you get there, it's like, wow, oh, these darn power surges. <laughs> 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 you know? like, and I, huh? you know, the other thing that shocked me about that scene was the way Tommy, the what they put in his mouth, the scriptwriter, it's like, yep, I abandoned you. I didn't love you very much. I know. And, like, the lines were like, even like, it, it wasn't was like, even well written, written or anything. Yeah. It was just, it like, was no one really... would say that. Well, yeah, nobody and, talks well, like and that. Well, and the main thing is, who. <laughs> Especially a man as amazing as Tommy Lee Jones, why didn't he just keep sailing with his special ship? If he has antimatter engines, he could keep searching for alien life forever. But he sat there for 25 years, going around in circles, talking to himself? That, that, that was the thing. That they, and he had food to live on. And he had there are no answers. On. Yeah, it <laughs> This is just an ill-conceived story. But, yeah, but here's the was. thing. And he... It, I. <laughs> I don't know if that there was a moral of the story for this movie, <laughs> but but <laughs> no, I, I think there is. Well, there is, but but this and this kind of applies to a lot of different stories. And Ben and I were talking a, lot, a little bit about this before that there there is this genre of of movie that explores that idea of you know you being the ultimate authority and basically God in the universe, and you know it includes movies like this and. Um, what was the other one? After oh, Earth. Yeah, well, we like Will about. Smith's Oblivion. After Earth, yes. Oblivion with Tom Cruise. And it's funny because all of these are vanity projects funded by Scientologist actors. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> no, funny. No, they are. Actually, I didn't like, think about that. It's like, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. These movies are never good. Right. Just, just from a objective standpoint. You know Why? And this is my moral of the story. But, well, yeah, and this is this is what I, because there's there is nothing that you connect with on a deeper level than mm-hmm. what you're seeing in front of your eyes. Right. It just completely falls through. I I could have I literally almost fell asleep so many times, and I did the same thing when watching movie. Like uh, I didn't watch. I I I saw. You know, I know about Oblivion, but I think I did actually see or watch bits of After Earth. But I don't even think I finished it because it was yeah. just like. No, uh, yeah, right. you know it's just like they're they they're boring. Yeah. They're just I they, could be washing dishes right they, now. <laughs> yeah, there are a few. You know, I I don't often you know sit down, watch a movie, and then get up and say that was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. But movies like this are like that. Yeah. Like you know, last night is or the night before, whenever I watched it, <laughs> I had, you know put the kids to bed and I was tired and. But after watching, I was like, oh, I should have just gone to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so because it was just... <laughs> six thumbs up. No, no. <laughs> no but I guess my moral of the story is, it's uh, useful. I think my takeaway from this is twofold. One, it just shows you really well what the kind of unhinged other side thinks. Yeah. Or how mm-hmm. they think or what they dream about, what their vision is. I also thought the movie is, is somewhat a commentary on or a jibing commentary on Elon Musk from the <laughs> lens of liberal Hollywood. Oh. Yeah. Um, and the fact, like, you know, the Mars moment and the girl who's like, 
you know, Mars is just like claustrophobic and like ugly, you know, it's yeah. all red light yeah. and all this other stuff. It just, no, you wouldn't want to be there, yeah. but you wouldn't want to be anywhere he is in the whole movie, right. you know, kind of just overall. But, um, but the second way that it's, uh, we're big fans of Elon Musk here at the moral story <laughs> podcast <laughs> uh, with reservations, oh, with reservations, <laughs> heavy reservations. On my um, but, uh, the second, the second, um, takeaway is why asking why is a movie like this so bad because it has everything although some of the cg was kind of janky well yeah well, but, but and, and i will say one thing it has everything movie, going for it the the production of the space rovers and yeah it looks all the good. stuff they no, had a lot of cool. money that was and, cool. and, and they did that and it was believable in right, the science then, aspect yeah, of it in moments but that's what people mostly you think about that, but then you think, okay, well, why is the story no good? Yeah. Right. And it actually goes back to what we talked about a, a few weeks ago in the hero's journey. Right. That there is no hero's journey in this story. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes to a deeper, it's not just some sort of literary theory thing in how that works. It actually goes back to the fact that the hero's journey is essentially the story of Jesus. Well, even not the not story, just Jesus, but like every biblical character. Well, yeah, <laughs> like it's, David, it's, Moses. Right. There are these certain things that are that are. I think that the life of Jesus is obviously the ultimate right. expression of heroism, you know, mm-hmm. of, of all lives. But that is so deeply ingrained in us as humans that when you see people try to tell you stories about things you're supposed to love or care about or or whatever, that don't speak in that language, which is a Christian language of yeah. sacrificial love, of substitutionary action, of, um, you know, things of that nature. We don't relate. Like, I don't even know what Brad Pitt did yeah. well, in and, this and story. Here, but, well, the irony, though, you the paradox the that you're, you're talking about, though, is really that he's positing a universe where to the stars mm-hmm. is an illusion, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. greater than you. Right. And therefore you will quote, break free of your stasis, your frozenness emotionally by realizing that you're all that exists. And so it's this weird like loop, mm-hmm. you know, I will overcome my own baggage. I'll overcome my own baggage mm-hmm. that keeps me from living by realizing that there's nothing to live for except me. <laughs> right. Well, and to what you were saying, Alex, mm-hmm. in the hero's journey, that is why there, you know, there is no mystery to why stories like Star Wars, The Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. Chronicles of Narnia, you know, right. It, right. I think of even deeper cuts. Uh, you know, we were talking about uh, The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. uh, Harry Potter. That's why these stories are just always going to be I mean, Marvel. Marvel. For crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, even Iron Man died and came back to life. Did he? Did he, didn't he didn't he? come back no, to life. No, he didn't life. come back to his life. Heart, his heart stops in one of the movies. Which movie? Oh, well, that might be true. Oh, I don't his know. I was just stops. thinking of I'm thinking of Inga, his heart Inga, stops yeah, yeah. Oh, and then I don't he comes back. But like, yeah. even Marvel. It's like, yeah. those <laughs> Why did Ad Astra not do very well? Well, we all know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? People was... said, I don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody like... recommended it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I would actually be curious to see what yeah. the audience I actually read score it. was. They took like 50 million. Oh, man. That's a lot. That is a lot. Considering how bad it is. No. Yeah. Th- well, but the that's budget. not great. 
Oh, either. I know. No, no. I mean, it, you it know was probably that's they, I'm, I'm sure, sure they might have recouped. Make. Yeah, they, they might have recouped. Even though with all the CGI, probably not. But uh, you know, know. well, that's the, the moral of the story for me, the thing I would take away is actually a connection with the book I read by Charles Williams, who was friend of C.S. Lewis and uh, Tolkien. Um, Williams was a very interesting guy. He died right when World War II ended, and he was kind of into a lot of, uh, what would you call it, Alex? Like Christian mystical magic. He was on the mystical stuff. Christian fringe, I He would was say. on the mystical Christian fringe, yeah. But he has some really cool ideas in a lot of his books, which kind of played off of his his life experience in kind mm-hmm. of those fringe areas. So his villains are like very believable Satanists a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And because he tended to run across those people, I guess in the circles he ran in, but in one of his books called, uh, and it's probably his worst book actually, just as, as a story, most of his stories are pretty engaging, but it's called uh, shadows of ecstasy. And it's about the antichrist and in shadows of ecstasy, um, the Antichrist is basically this man who is very virtuous on the outside. And he goes through life and he gathers all of these disciples. But the gospel he preaches is a level of selfishness that is so pure that literally he has, he doesn't eat meat. He doesn't like have lovers. He doesn't, he doesn't give of himself to anyone. And he's learned this way of being that makes him able to live almost infinitely. Like he can perpetuate his own existence through this kind of ascetic selfishness. Mm. And it's interesting just as a thought experiment to kind of think about somebody like that, Mm -hmm. because in the book, and he does a good job painting this picture, I see in Ad Astra exactly that idea that Mm -hmm. really the perfect person, if you followed the logic of the film or of this whole way of thinking, the Gnostic way of thinking out, you would end up with somebody who was almost transcendently evil, like, Mm -hmm. like so pure in their selfishness and Mm -hmm. in their self-control that they were <laughs> Luciferian, essentially. Hmm. Um, and I think that that is the danger of visions like this, because if people really take this gospel of the self, mm-hmm. this Gnostic gospel seriously, it can lead them to a place that is, in a way, much worse than just, say, a hedonistic, I don't know, you watch Crazy Rich Asians and you decide that money is all that matters, or mm-hmm. you watch some rom-com and you think, oh, well, as long as I serve my feelings, I'm doing okay. You know, those those things are destructive, right. but they just reinforce human impulses. But this kind of a gospel is saying, resist your human impulses for yourself. Like, right. make yourself a deity. Mm-hmm. And when you go down that road, then a lot of, quote, virtues mm-hmm. done in the service of pride, you can become a very... <laughs> evil right. person indeed yeah. a very dangerous person yeah well that's not far off of a lot of things that really are promoted today and i was even uh, recently i was reading about jack dorsey who twitter ceo and um i uh, believe it was twitter i'm pretty sure um that it was jack dorsey that uh was uh he he has these bizarre i mean bizarrely intense 
ascetic practices in his life. Like he only takes like ice baths or cold, really, really cold showers. And he only eats like two days a week and he eats a real, like no sugar, no wheat or grains or like real restricted diet. And he walks to and from work. Uh, so he like walks in a miles and miles and miles every week. And it's all because of, it's this sort of denial of flesh but with no religious meaning hmm. yeah attached it's just for himself yeah hmm. well but he is his religion well i know like, but that's what i mean himself. like yeah. when you get to like peter teal or the like silicon valley live forever club yeah um that, is peter teal part of that oh yeah oh he is okay yeah, yeah. they like they take over a hundred pills a day oh my gosh wow of supplements, what I kind do. Of when I see life, are we talking yeah. about here? <laughs> when I do admit, like when Luke's I see like, uh, live forever, hundred pills, never mind, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> when I see Tim Cook, though, yeah. like to me, he embodies that antichrist uh-huh, yeah. figure in Shadows of Ecstasy oh, because yeah. it's it's just this in anemic, like <laughs> white, like fragile. <laughs> Did say Tim Cook is the antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think Tim Cook's the antichrist. We just got but, knocked <laughs> off Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Oh, man. But, 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 but it's this, it, well, well, even the fact that Cook, like the, the reports that came out when they were about to launch their Apple TV service, mm-hmm. and he was crossing out all of this uh, content, all this mm-hmm. immoral content that he didn't want in the film, but he also was getting rid of all religious content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that is Antichrist, folks. Like oh, that, yeah, that is yeah. totally what will happen at the end, at the end of the world, if you want to know, at least what I think, you know, at the end of the world, the, the figure that will appear will say, yeah, I'm all for family values. Oh yeah, I'm all for all this stuff. But as for me and my, my monogamous relationship with mm-hmm. this one person I care about deeply and Oh yeah, I don't eat meat and mean, I don't do all you these mean things. Mayor Pete I, is the Antichrist, Benjamin. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, but that spirit—it's it—it embraces all these natural virtues, right? Self-control and self-discipline and family and nation but with, and but with the God removed. But with God removed, yeah. but also with the self as God, like mm-hmm. the self permeates everything about it to the yeah. point that it's almost yeah, it's Luciferian, mm-hmm. really. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so. You have said in your heart, I will ascend the mountain of God. To the stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah. it's uh it's something that we're seeing more and more of in of today. And we've we've said it so many times on this podcast and it, you know, rings true for this one as well. It's just, you know, a life lived for yourself is an empty one, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A movie told about uh, you know, a movie told through that lens is an empty movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there was yeah. nothing deeper to take away from that movie. Um, you know, a book told through that lens is an empty book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's emptiness. It literally is. It, I mean, in a way he's right, but not in the way he, he meant it. Yeah. It is right. that There is nothing else. Mm-hmm. That actually, you are living life that way. That actually is one of the, the thoughts I've had. I don't yeah. know if this is a, a, a right thought, but it comes down to what if at the end of it all, God just gives everybody what they want. Like we think that hell or, you know, Mm -hmm. that it's all a a punishment or something foisted upon you. But if God just lets the people who believe in Ad Astra, like, okay, if that's what you think is fulfillment, then here it is. Yeah. You know, and everybody gets that. separation. Yeah. That's scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like everybody gets what they want in the end, you know. And, and, And in its true form. 
Right. Because I, yeah. I think that people who who think that way, I, I guess they don't they don't realize how empty it truly is because maybe they're not experiencing it in its raw, you know, unfiltered. Well, I think and it's I hard think to, that, and I think, I think that I think that there is a, a twist, though, because I'm sure that people who embrace that, like if they were listening to us right now, I'm sure they would say, "Well, but Brad Pitt starts living for his girlfriend, right? And he starts mm-hmm. connecting with people." But the problem is, is that when you live for other people in relation to you, right? Mm-hmm. That's not. It's not any different. That's not real love. I mean, yeah. it's it's. You know, right, oh, that, I'm with you till we decide that we don't need each other anymore. Yeah. Like, what kind of a connection is right, that? Yeah. yeah. Or even um, if it's forever, that it, that there's a difference when you say someone is a gift given to you by another, not themselves. Right. Meaning that like, your wife is a gift given to you by God. Right. Your, your love for your wife reflects on God. Yeah. And your love for God... In fa- in turn, reflects down to your wife mm-hmm. and your kids. They're like, what could you do to choose your children? Well, you you really can't. You know, you you receive them as a mm-hmm. gift, and the idea that everybody around you is an accident, yeah, and that you just stick it out together because we're all we've got, babe. Uh, you know, and yeah, it actually removes it's very carnal kind of the category of gift in a mm-hmm. way, yeah, from lived experience Mm -hmm. like gift becomes a transaction basically life is a series of transactions it's i do something and you do something for me in return Mm -hmm. right yeah Yeah. it's like it's mutually beneficial or there's a there's a tone too at the end of the film where brad pitt's back and the coffee shop is i'm aware of my surroundings i'm you know you're doing a psych eval um where it's there's a sensuous and a very 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 subtle yeah but that that he's kind of living in the moment kind of you know feeling everything around him looking at the people around him but it's all kind of for his feelings that right yeah. he used to have no feelings and now he has feelings is essentially yeah. the it's sort of dumb but yeah. that idea makes it where they're again denying the transcendent yeah you know it's not that you can like feel it up and enjoy your babe <laughs> You know, with a woman that he's deserted before. It's that your union together is a sign and is a pointer to ultimate transcendence. Or that you are aware of other people around you, like we talked about with Mr. Rogers, so that you can impact their life in a way that, again, reflects back to God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all those, that's sort of outside of what he is inferring in his return. Right. You know, that's not not what he's there for now. It's like, I'm here to soak it all in. Yeah. Right. Kind of a feeling. But of course, when he rejected his girlfriend and he was all like alone, was he giving into his feelings then? Which, of course, by the way, he was. He was. Such... he was. That's what. That's why all the category, like the psychological evaluation of the movie. Yeah. Like, what is sin? What uh-huh. is not? It's like, oh well, some feelings are good all the time. Other feelings are always bad. So the feeling that I have when I want to be alone and want to reject everybody in my life, when I give into that feeling, it's always bad. But when I give into the feeling to like be kissing on my girlfriend and drinking coffee and talking about how great it is, that feeling's always good. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of a kindergarten idea. <laughs> yeah. Of but but even <laughs> just another like just 
in my opinion, the, the poorly written film that it was like, that was such a, I, I almost didn't even get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the whole girlfriend leaving her thing was so like, just like not there. Yeah. It was such a subplot. Well, I didn't even get like the whole. Oh, we anyway, could go we on and on with all these things. <laughs> okay. get, you know, because like, they didn't even give you a reason to care. Because she left him because he doesn't feel anything. It's like, well, why do I? But feel she any- was in like two scenes. I know. Yeah, and, but like, like I didn't even know it was Liv Tyler. Like <laughs> she was. And it was like sad. two shots, and then Is I had Liv to look Tyler. it up. And be like, oh wait. That was Liv Tyler. Tyler. Liv Tyler deserves better than she that. does. That's Liv true. Tyler is yeah. a is a good actress. Yeah. Like I've seen her in a few things. And yeah. she's, she's pretty good. She that was wasn't a Hulk. role. She was in it the second. There were no roles role. in this film. No, it was, even it was Donald like, Sutherland. They like got rid of him as soon I know. as he. Was <laughs> good. And he's a great, yeah. Anyway, okay, really, all right. Again, it was oh, all okay. it was all about Brad Pitt. It was. It was. All right. Okay. This is we're stopping conversation. This last 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 little snippet. I would. I thought the film thinking about. His again separation from Angelina and their children. Oh, and seeing this Brad Pitt's real life. Yeah, I was thinking about a lot. Interesting. I'm wondering sad what that what what connection in his Mm. mind this film bears to that. This yeah, it just made me like because sometimes there's a mystifying aspect of a movie like this. You think this movie's not very good. It's not really well written. Why did he decide to do it? It could be a vanity project or whatever, but what drew him to this story of a dad who left his children for no reason or just for other for career essentially and deserted his wife and kit and son and then, you know, the story of a father who is separated from his children and his wife and is anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder what symmetry yeah, there is there, but anyway. Th- that that is interesting to think. And, and, and even well, that, and, like, and even um, oh well, makes you think to pray for Brad Pitt. Well, yeah, it, you should pray it, for it, Brad Pitt. It, yeah, I mean, I'm not even living a that life, but even just watching it played out is mm-hmm. incredibly saddening. Yeah, it's just like it. It well, I remember it, when Ben Affleck kind of had his like dad moment you know or his like washed up middle-aged man moment and everyone was making fun of him right like sad batman or like sad yeah, Ben Affleck that, all yeah. over twitter mm. and i just felt so sorry for him because you know basically you look at the relationship with jennifer garner that he had which it seemed like it was you know a solid stable marriage for a decade or mm-hmm. more yeah. And you see these stars, and they go through just devastating midlife crises. And obviously, there's some culpability, you know, in the whole scenario. Mm-hmm. But um, our culture is so uh, vicious, yeah. oh, like just eating people and chewing them up alive and yeah. spitting them back out. Um, yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Moral of the story is don't be that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't be that guy. Well, uh, we'd again like to just. Uh, so, the reason we recommended The Heart of Darkness, we're back to the audible.com, <laughs> yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Full circle. We recommend The Heart of Darkness because I really think a film like Ad Astra, if you try to look at it and say, squint, like my wife's an artist, right? So, if you want to kind of see the effect of something, she steps back from it and she squints. And what you see when you squint, it's like the overall effect. If I step back from Ad Astra and I squint, I think, hmm, I think they were trying to do the Heart of Darkness in space. That's sort of what I think. And the Heart of Darkness is, again, classic work of literature. 
it's a depressing kind of, but it has the kind of like lingering languor of horror yeah. about it. Yeah, well, Heart of Darkness, yeah. the it, yawning well, blackness. We could we of could do the, a whole podcast on Heart of Darkness. Yeah, we really but, should. But but Heart of Darkness, it it's it's about a journey, mm-hmm. a guy going down a river in Africa, and he encounters, um, yeah, a kind of father figure gone bad mm-hmm. again. But what's interesting to me about this story and Heart of Darkness is just the way that our culture continues to wrestle with the loss of fatherhood and mm-hmm. the lo- lack of the death of God, right? Because mm-hmm. if you, because if God, the father is dead, then fatherhood is dead. If fatherhood is dead, then my relationship with my dad and family is, kind, is dead. Is dead. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that just mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. yeah. Connection yeah. echoes and echoes. So. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Well, yes. So heart of darkness, you can get it for free on audible. Thanks to today's sponsor. So check out the link in the show description. Audible. Don't waste two hours watching Ad Astra. No. Spend yeah. nine hours listening <laughs> to The Heart of Darkness. You can hear it's it. It's probably not even nine hours. hours. It, might, it might be only as long as this movie was. Yeah, I know. It's a but, short book. But hey, and you don't even have to pay for Ad Astra. You can get this book for free. Like you Link do have to pay for Ad Astra. Yeah, you, oh yeah. You do have to pay for Ad Astra. You do not have to pay for this Unfortunately. book. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, that was... Uh. Anyway, uh, link Help in the description. Help us make back the money that we spent on Ad Astra. <laughs> Sign up for audible.com today. It's in, the, it's in the show description. It's audibletrial.com forward slash the moral of the story. The moral of the story. Forward slash moral of the story. No yes, the. not yep. the. Um, anyway, yeah. yeah right. Check out the version with Kenneth Brona. Brana. Brana. <laughs> I keep saying it wrong. Because uh, uh, he's got a lovely voice. So. Yes, yes, yeah. he does. Uh, thanks for listening. Don't forget to like this and share it with your friends, family, and enemies. Any estranged fathers in yes, outer space? share it with your fathers who are out in, you know, Pluto's ring. Or not Pluto's ring. Uh, Neptune's, Neptune's ring. ring. <laughs> yes, yes. And until next time. The Moral of the Story with Alex Wolliver, Luke Taylor, and Benjamin Wolliver. Please subscribe to The Moral of the Story on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen. Visit moralofthestorypodcast.com. Copyright 2020 Moral of the Story Media.